Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Welcome to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, talking mostly sports, mostly in the SEC, and mostly with the Bama bias. And now, time for your hosts. Tom was a regular starter on his peewee football teams. After high school, he took a relatively unknown intramural college football team and had them one win from the playoffs. Late in his college career, he was a two-sport star and relinquished his college eligibility to enter the NBA draft. As an undrafted free agent, he turned to sports gambling and poker to make ends meet. Now he's here to share his life experiences and general sports knowledge with the world. He's Tom Sims, he's Rush Chairman, and he's damn glad to meet ya. His sidekick, who hails from Parts Unknown, Red Bay, he claims he can beat any listener at Galka, which is probably correct considering you guys have like eight listeners. He has three Fortnite Victory Royale solo wins. He's been known to weeble and wobble, but he's never fallen down. He has the face for radio and the voice for newspaper, Mr. Jason Tiffin. Uh, welcome back in to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. Today is Wednesday, January the 15th, 2020. We are two days removed from the national title game. I am half of your host team, Jason, with my co-host Tom. Tom, how's it going? Hey, bud. Uh, it's good. I hope these folks are ready for our uh, upcoming bi-weekly basketball podcast. Come on, baby! I'm not charging, you're charging! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, Love it. Not narrator. Not going to happen. <laughs> See and you is, guys is, in March. <laughs> is bi-weekly? I always get confused. Is bi-weekly, is that twice a week or once every two weeks? I always, that always confuses me. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not sure either. We'll do it, we'll do it daily. Forget it. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to go into, uh, gosh, daily would have been a nightmare. Uh, hats off to the to the Locked On Bama guys that do it daily. Of course, they get paid, so that little incentive there. I think they get paid. Anyway. They better be getting paid to do it daily. Oh, they're um, close to retirement by now. Yeah, probably so. Uh, we didn't – We didn't. Uh, Tom thought that we were podcasting at 7. It's currently 624, so we're at 24 minutes late. He was on Eastern time. I was on Central. Oh, and we're uh, early. So – He's not prepping, so we're going to do it live. <laughs> I thought you were going to join in like, do it, do it. <laughs> I can. You know, are right. you ready? You want me to do it now? Enough chit-chat. <laughs> yeah, do it live. Let's do it. Do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you have the word of the day. What you got for us? <clears throat> I forgot I had the word of the day. All right. So I'm going to go with <laughs> I'm going to go with my word of the day is going to be admiration. Um and without looking it up, I think we all know what admiration means, but I'm going to use it in the context of Tiffin, I've admired your breakdown of this past football season. 
particularly as it relates to your SEC prognosis. I think you were really spot on this year. I mean, you really were. Uh, you're, you're, you had a big takeaway earlier this year of, you know, this was before we started playing anything, that you thought LSU would win the West. You mm-hmm. also thought that the reason LSU would win the West because two would be injury-prone. Both of those spot dead on. I don't know that you called for LSU to make the playoff, but uh, you, you nailed that. But once they did make the playoff, you were the first one to step up, said you thought they would hammer Oklahoma. You did. You thought they would hammer Clemson. They did. So uh, you, you were dialed in with that. I, I never was on fully on board with that line of thinking until uh, the the season closed its books a couple of nights ago. But uh, props to you, my friend. Admiration. Well, I appreciate it, Tom. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's funny you say that. When, as soon as you said start talking about the what we had done historically this year with the SEC predictions, you know, this is, this is the first year, I guess, ever that I, I think I'm up gambling too. I mean, I, I had to pay off my bookie um, yesterday. But, um, you know, if, if Auburn would have won their bowl game, oh, my gosh, it, it would have been nice. I mean, we lost a ton on the line, which we were up, and then we got stupid on pro. But anyway um, – yeah, I, I did was fortunate. Um, and if we, let's see if it happens again, let's see if we can keep, continue the streak in basketball. Because I'm going with the Auburn War Eagles tonight. They are what? It, that line is down to one. That line is <laughs> might as well be a PK. That that might as well so, be uh, a, a, a write your own score for Alabama. That line is going over, way over the total, and uh, and Bama wins by. Close to double digits. Close. That's that means nine. Well, I hope you're right. I tell you, if if I end up betting it, I hope you're right. Uh, before we jump into the national title game, there were two tweets I want to read, and um, I just found them interesting. The first one. So as it turns out, Alabama, especially when Tua was healthy, might have been the second best team in the country after all. Second tweet is. Is it fair to say that in the end, the only real team that had a chance to beat LSU was Bama with a healthy Tua? Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, yeah, it's obviously we know who put these tweets out. It had to be Cecil Hurt, you know, the beat writer for the Tuscaloosa News. I think he actually covered Bear Bryant. He has been there a while. Uh, you know, great Bama man, uh, loves the Tide as much as anybody so you figure one of those from him, and then who's the other tweet from? I, you know, maybe Greg McElroy, because he's in the media. He's a former Bama player. No, here's who they're from. Aaron Torres, who is part of FoxSports.com. And if you know Fox Sports, there's no love lost for the SEC with Fox Sports because they are, you know, they're Pac-12, I think Big 12. Uh, that was the first tweet. And the second tweet was David Pollock. You know, he's an ESPN personality, so he, he should be objective. But, I mean, he's a Georgia alum. So I highly doubt he he favors Bama too much. But I just found those two tweets interesting that after all is said and done, uh, you know, a couple of guys out there that are paid to cover college football for a living think that we might have been the second best team. I think that's not a a stretch for a lot of people, honestly. That's um, we've talked about it in mass the the last couple of podcasts. I'm not going to rehash a lot of that, but I think it's pretty obvious that uh, if you if you were to go through there and and take the top twenty five teams and and ask 
the the coaches uh, to rank the teams in order that they wanted to play, and we're not going to be high on very many people's list, and and we're gonna we're gonna come right in down no, no. on that. LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama list. Those are the four that uh, Oklahoma's not making that list. If you start talking to coaches about, you know, the who's the top five teams you don't want to play in this year's playoff, if if we just put you right in, and so you know, regardless of what the records say, uh, those those tweets are are dead on. Yep, I agree. All right, let's go, jump into the national title game. Uh, got a few topics we're going to cover here. Uh, first off, Burrow versus Lawrence. We definitely uh, – it's going to be a shocker if we did not have the 2020 number one overall pick versus the 2021 overall pick. Um, Tom, I got you starting off with this one. I was afraid of that. <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, let's see, who's Burrow? Well, I who's can start. Burrow play for LSU. Oh, oh, that, that's the LSU QB. I got you. No, yeah. that guy was <laughs> that guy was impressive. I told Tiffin before we come on tonight that I had a whole stack of stats that I researched this afternoon and 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 had some really well placed zingers in there. And I thought I was just going to lay them out, and folks were just going to probably pass out on the other end of the podcast because <laughs> I'd driven the point home so succinctly. Uh, alas, I left those laying on my desk. I do not have them with me. But I do remember a couple of things that I found was really interesting. Burrow, uh, this year, 60 passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns, if I remember that correct. 65 total TDs. Let's put that in perspective a little bit. I'm going to ask you this question before I line it up. You may already know the answer, but who would you have said were your top two or three quarterbacks, particularly that you've seen in co- in the history of college football? Uh, who who would you perceive to be the 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 best quarterbacks that you've seen in your lifetime? Not saying you know how they did in the pros or whatever, just on the collegiate level. Yeah, yeah. Who 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 yeah. are the who are the ones that come to your mind? Uh, well, I mean, I guess we're talking before the season kicked off um, because it, it makes sense, yeah, you know. Because yeah, now obviously. now Burrow's in the top, but yeah, I mean, Tua is definitely up there based on he had done it. He had done it in mop up duty as a true freshman, then of course the Georgia game, and then as a starter as a sophomore, he just. He shattered Bama records. I'd say Tua. I would say Cam Newton. I would say Danny Werfel. Um, you know, of course, I don't really want to get into to the Nebraska quarterbacks with the triple option type stuff. But I mean, if you if you ask me, top three quarterbacks, I would uh, those three would be high. Werfel, Werfel was pinpoint accuracy like Tua. I just think Tua's got a stronger arm, and uh, and Cam Newton was just the best player in college football the for 2010, and like Burrow was this year. But there, that's my, that, that's three good ones to start with. Yeah, I didn't I didn't select Tua for for the research part because I thought it'd be homerism, but I agree with you. Tua to me is the best pure passer that I've seen in the collegiate level. But again, I may be a uh, a big Hawaii fan, and that's the reason I'm saying that. But uh, I had Cam on that list, and I actually I didn't go for Werfel. That's a good one. That that was a little further back because I, I was thinking, you know, hey, Werfel played in what mid nineties. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's that's uh, 
gosh, that's 25, 30 years ago. It just didn't <laughs> pop to mind that they were throwing up that much offense then. But they did. That's what, so I don't have those numbers. But I researched Cam, which was obvious, and I also did Tebow. You know, up and mm-hmm. before Cam played, in my mind, Tebow was probably the best collegiate football player I think I could recall seeing, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. He was just – it was – it. Tebow was out in front of the Wildcat formation. I think Tebow really created the true Wildcat formation as we see it today. I had never seen that prolifically enough – until he was there and when Tebow was in the game it was I don't know how I got on a Tebow tangent but I'm just justifying I guess one of my picks but you could never if it was third and one or less or third and two or less less than two yards fourth and two whatever he's getting the ball everybody knows he's getting the ball he's getting the first down it it was unbelievable but anyway I compared Burrow's year this year to Cam's numbers and also to Tebow's numbers the year Tebow won the Heisman Trophy. You know, he had three years there, but uh, he, he had his biggest year as a Heisman Trophy. I think Cam had 51 total touchdowns uh, the year he won the Heisman Trophy. That accounted for a lot of rushing touchdowns. One thing that s- sticks out to me, and I don't remember exactly Tebow's total I think it was like 52 or so one thing that was crazy about Tebow he had 23 rushing touchdowns his Heisman Trophy year that's crazy uh yeah (laughs) but in either instance Burrow had 10 to 15 more TDs than the quarterbacks that I considered at the time and for a, a good long time after that what I thought had put together the best quarterback seasons in the history of football. And so that that just that tells you a lot about what, what happened this year for LSU. I mean, they caught lightning in the bottle with him and for Joe Brady for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the combination of those two was crazy. Uh, I, I guess your intent with this thing was to compare Lawrence, but I don't think Lawrence is a comparison. I think, you know, Lawrence – has greatly underachieved this year. He had a lot of weapons around him. They played a lot of substandard opponents. He showed up in the Ohio State game much like Jalen Hurts did, uh, or or Jalen Hurts used to do, where he wasn't getting it done through the air, but he used his legs to beat you. And, And that's an effective weapon, but it's not a... It's not a uh, uh, something that you would say was an elite caliber quarterback who could, you know, beat you with his arm and 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 whatnot. But uh, very very impressive what Burrow did this year. Unbelievably impressive, actually. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with with Lawrence, I said I, I, we've we've said this on the podcast before. I put rich man Stephen Garcia question mark and. Here's the here's the thing. He is much better. I'm I'm never gonna say I'm never gonna compare him to Stephen Garcia and think that their um their career paths are gonna uh, match up. I mean Lawrence is great. He is gonna win. He's already won one national title. He's favored to win next year's national title, where he will ultimately go pro after that season. He will definitely be the number one pick in the draft. And I see him if the pro if the the organization get that gets him. Uh, puts the right pieces together. He will win a Super Bowl, maybe Super Bowls plural. But 
it's it's painfully obvious that he had his Steven Garcia moment against us last year. I mean, now he played good against Ohio State too, but he didn't play as good as he did against Bama. At one time in the LSU game, he had 13 overthrows. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had 13 incompletions against Bama last year. I don't, you know, no, I, I'm I'm not the type of Bama not. fan that can rewatch a game, a rewatch a loss. I'm never going to rewatch a loss. But I know this: he didn't have 13 overthrows against us. You know, wh- when do we get that guy? You know, we never got the the crappy Jake Fromm, which he's going he's going to be gone now. But man, every time Fromm played us, he was on point. And mm-hmm. um. Burrow, I tell you what was surprising about Burrow, and I, I really was second guessing my bet in the first quarter. Burrow was during the headlights uh, against Venable's defense. Part of that was, you know, some looks he might not have seen. Clemson has some studs on defense. I mean, they're they're an SEC program in the ACC conference. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You know, they are, and it shows. I mean, they dominated everybody that they played this year. And, you know, some of that was, was Venable's looks and some of that was athletes, but a lot of it, too, was field position. They started their first drive from the seven and went backwards. They started their next drive from the four and went backwards, if I'm not mistaken. But, man, once he once he got his sea legs, I ain't got no – you ain't got no ain't legs, got no Lieutenant legs. Dan. <laughs> once he got his sea legs against a defense, dude, he, he was the Joe Burrow that we saw all year. I mean – I've never seen a guy, um, never seen a guy blossom from one year to the next. I don't think quite like him. But like somebody said, he's a fifth year senior. Dude's probably twenty three years old, and you know people get better. Coaches get better. Players get better. I mean, Coach Ogeron has grown from his days at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin has grown from his days at Tennessee and then USC, and and I'm sure even Florida Atlantic. So. But one thing about uh, Burrow that I do like, he lets his receivers work. Man, is it just me or is every freaking LSU receiver 6'2 or taller? They they're seem big. like they're so tall. And um, but he, and he's not afraid to throw it up. I love one quote he had on um, – uh, I was watching some pregame stuff and they were talking about a throw that, that you know, hey, there was if they gave him a certain look, it was going to be this throw. And basically, Joe was like, I'm throwing it regardless. And he said, if you don't want me to throw it, don't call the play. And, man, that's the that's the bravado <laughs> you've got to have as a quarterback. And uh, I can't – it was it was Peyton Manning or Joe. It was a all, an all-time – no, it was Favre. And that's Favre used to say that. He said, if you don't want me to throw it, don't call it. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. But Burrow definitely got the best of this matchup. And um, what's crazy before the game, McShay said they the, they asked me. I think it was McShay, definitely one of the uh, the NFL scouts. They said if Burrow and Lawrence were coming out this year together, who would be first? And he immediately said Trevor Lawrence. And man, that's hard to argue. But dang, what what a great consolation prize if you're the number two pick and you landed Joe Burrow. Well, you know, I t- I was thinking <clears throat> so, about uh, that too. Next, go ahead, Lawrence. Lawrence is a a man child at the quarterback position. The way he's built, his his height, yeah. his length, his strength. Uh, I mean, he he is a he is an absolute. And, and not only is he so big, you know, he reminds me of a a, a more muscular Peyton Manning. You know, with the mm-hmm. height and the length, and can look over stuff and that sort of thing. But he's also got those wheels too. I can see yeah. the attractiveness yeah. to him, you know, to bring him down. You know, and, and I'm not taking away anything from Burrow. I think I just went back and rehashed 
what was likely the greatest quarterbacking episode that we'll see in our lifetimes uh, in a single year. But, you know, you touched on something, too, here. Burrow was not Burrow last year, although he was still at LSU and he had most of the same weapons. He just didn't have a a coordinator to point him in the right direction. Now, you flip that around, Trevor this year was not the Trevor that we saw last year. He was most of the year, but they played against really substandard competition most of the year. Uh, Yeah, yeah. To me, somebody's going to get an absolute steal with Tua this year. An absolute steal. You've you've seen a a year of Burrow underachieving, uh, looking like a pedestrian quarterback. Mm -hmm. He he was ranked as the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the SEC going into this year. In the SEC now, not in the country, the SEC. And Lawrence takes a huge step backwards because of the Steven Garcia moment that you're talking about. And it's hard to argue that. And he's played not – I mean, he didn't have to do anything special this year – uh, until he got to the playoffs, and he and he didn't do it then. But you want to talk about consistency? When Tua's on the field, have have we played a game that Tua was in? You go, man, Tua just wasn't. Well, last year, I guess, for, for Clemson in the championship game was the only one that really comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, but, but even then, if you really go back and watch that game, he uh, he moved the ball up and down the field. Just yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it didn't. It, it never. I don't want to rehash that either. But but somebody's getting a steal with two of because of that, in my opinion. But well, and I I'll close it out with this: is if you could see the future ten years from now, and all you could see was injury. If you told me that Tua for the next 10 years was going to miss zero NFL games due to injury, I take him over Burrow. I guess that makes me a Bubba Gump after all, but I think it kind of meshes with what you're saying. Burrow had one good year, one average year, one great year, one average year, where Tua has been consistent, um, you know, throughout. Yeah, but, and uh, Tua would have matched those to- numbers for Burrow. Tua, Tua had more touchdown passes than Burrow. Uh, and yardage, if I'm not mistaken, when he went down hurt. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was very close. If if we didn't, for yeah. sure. So and, so uh, and you, you know, know Burrow don't, don't. played. Man, Burrow was he was in the game. I think against Ole Miss or somebody late. It's like man, early fourth quarter, and they were smashing really? and still in there. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> All right, the the national title game, in my opinion, turned on this call here, and I loved it with a capital I L. It was the targeting call from the uh, uh, steroided, allegedly, <laughs> linebacker Skalski. <clears throat> you know, he he uh, he targeted the guy, and um, actually, I was trying to go to sleep, man. I had to I had to get up early, and I'd rolled over, and I. You know, had done my uh, things to, that normally puts me to sleep, like count backwards from 100. Actually works most of the time, but I, I was just too keyed up. I'm like, man, i got to watch a game. I turn over, and they keep showing slow replay after replay of the, the target. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this dude's about to be out. I knew he you know, he was good, and he was he was the cog. And um, sure enough, they, they threw him out. And I loved it for two reasons. One, Clemson was only in the national title game because of a terrible interpretation of the targeting rule, in my opinion. 
Yep. Ohio State doesn't get called for that targeting. It's fourth and fifteen, and uh, and uh, and Clemson punts with about probably seven and a half, eight minutes left in the second quarter. It, you know, even if Ohio State goes three and out, there's no way it's sixteen, fourteen and a half. It's probably maybe sixteen to seven. And uh, and number two is this will probably get the rule changed with uh, on the targeting. I think we'll have a level one, level two. A level one will be like Skalski did, like the safety from Ohio State did. It's unintentional. Yeah. Uh, it is you did you did lead with a helmet. You did a uh, helmet to helmet, whatever. But uh, it was not malicious. You get a fifteen yard penalty. You stay in the game. And then level two, of course, would be what we've got now, where if you if it's malicious at all, you're gone. And the reason I think that it happens because Dabo's going to whine all offseason about it. He's turned into <laughs> the biggest whiner. He has, he has. But I I agree with that. I think that's inevitable that that rule has changed. You know that I mean it even changed from the first year. You know the first year it was implemented, there was no replay. It, and that and then evolved yeah, yeah. to at least a replay and i think you it's got at least one more uh evolution to go through for sure yep all right and now uh just general comments about the game tom i got you leading but since you don't have your notes do you want me to take this one <laughs> I, i'm like chicken over here i can wing it um <laughs> You know, one one thing that I will say, and this this is not necessarily just right about the game, but when LSU beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and, and a lot of you probably saw the video of Burrow getting off the plane and going crazy with the fans, uh, you know, lined up and just absolutely played into the family. They were they were ecstatic. They they won the national championship that night. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I firmly believe that, and, and they actually showed. I think I saw uh, other videos after the Alabama game, like beating Georgia in the SEC championship, and they were all pretty much subdued. You know, <laughs> after that, but get beating Alabama was where it was yeah. at. But after they beat Alabama, uh, they they never struggled again. Uh, you, you might say there were a few minutes in the first quarter of the net championship game when they were down seventeen to seven early. They they quickly remedied that and, and took a you know hell they had a double digit lead at halftime. So mm-hmm. uh, they I mean they didn't come close, and not only did they not come close. They played outside of Alabama. They played the toughest competition on their schedule after that. You know, they played the uh, number one ranked defense Clemson in the championship game. They played the number two ranked defense Ohio State uh, in in the, or not Ohio State, uh, number two ranked defense Georgia in the uh, SEC championship Mm -hmm. game. Uh, those rankings have fluctuated, but they they're all still top. You know, they 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 had oh, all, sure. uh, but but you know they they played some very tough teams, obviously, and 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 was never challenged, not even yeah. a whiff of being challenged. It was a cakewalk after after the Bama game. Uh, so that that to me was was impressive about their run. Uh. I think I think they felt probably a sigh of relief, you know. Hey, Alabama's got no path in here. We're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're sitting here because it was very questionable whether Alabama was going to get in, even if they beat the Auburn. You know, we felt like yeah. they were, but we, it was still going to be a committee choice, 
and mm-hmm. they they still may have put Oklahoma in for all we know. So, but but nonetheless, that was that was uh, that was impressive, and and for them to come out in the title game, particularly in the second half, like he's done all year, when when Clemson comes out of the locker room. And Dabo's giving his big underdog speech, and they come out there and put up a quick score and cut it to three. We're thinking, okay, you know, we've got us a game. This is going to be it. And and that was the last you ever saw of it. Yeah. Complete separation, yeah, complete points. dominance. That's right. And, and, and I'll tell you another thing about LSU that was highly, highly impressive to me down the stretch. That defense was – that. I kept calling them a weak spot. They didn't end up being in a weak spot. They uh, they were very similar to Alabama's defense uh, that we both said, but we both felt like we had weak spots in there. But they never, you know, they they pretty much they shut out practically Texas A and M. They hammered Georgia, held them to what thirteen, fourteen. Oklahoma was lucky yeah. to get 14 in that game. Uh, Clemson did end up with 25, but you know that's uh, they, they after the quick 17 early, you know they ended up with 10 points the the rest of the way, or eight points actually. No, I guess eight, just one more, one more score. Yeah, yeah. And so that defense was a lot better than I gave it credit to be. And uh, and LSU's team as a whole, in general, I mean, there's nothing you can say. I mean, they they went out and earned it. Uh, it I've heard a lot of talk about them being the best ever. Uh, that's I definitely don't agree with that because of some of the holes of the defense and because of some of the close games that they had early. And, and you know, to me, homerism coming through again. But we got a healthy Tua. We're beating them six out of ten times. Which is hey, I don't disagree with. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. You yeah. know, uh, we had two turn. You know, I I just like to see what if Tua falls down instead of fumbling and we kick the field goal in the the in the game in Tuscaloosa. You know, and, yeah. and at least get some points on the board. But it was That's just right. a debacle. But I, you know, I feel like the better team won the game. The game was kind of the reverse of Ohio State Clemson. You know, Ohio State had all the opportunity in the world to put Clemson away, and they kept kicking field goals, kept kicking field goals, and it came back to bottom. And, you know, Clemson, like I said earlier, you know, LSU's first two drives were from the seven and from the four, and they punted both drives, and Clemson couldn't – I know they didn't score. They scored one time. But I know, and they might have even kicked a field goal to that that side of the field. But I remember the reverse that that made them seventeen. That was in the second quarter because it was going from left to right, and uh, you know they they did not. You know, it been been interesting to see what if Clemson goes seven nothing, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing. You know what happens? I mean, I still think LSU could have rallied, but it would have been a, a lot different ball game. Uh, with Clemson, once they were down, you could tell that they got rattled. I mean, uh, uh, Trevor was bouncing passes over, like I said, 13 overthrows at one point. And he bounced that one pass. I mean, you know, it, it, the game was over. It's just can we can we cover the line or not even cover the line? Can we cover the teases that are out there? Because they were not <laughs> going to cut it to less than 10. 
And uh, he bounced a pass. It was just a terrible pass. And then, of course, he fumbled. And to me, that's that's from when you don't play in a real conference and you're down, you know, that's what you get. Last year, they didn't have a chance to choke against Bama because they demolished us. And, we, you know, we, we moved the ball. I think we outgained them maybe. But when we got in the red zone, we, you know, we eventually we had to stop kicking slash missing field goals and we had to go for it and we didn't get points. So, um Another thing, once the linebacker was gone, they were toast. You know, remember all the grief everybody was giving Bama when Dylan Moses went out? And, uh, oh, y'all just plug in another five-star. Well, it's it's not that easy, is it? Nope. Definitely not. Not that easy. You don't have a lot of five-stars laying around sometimes. Sometimes the five-stars don't pan out. (laughs) Think about it, you know? Somebody's learning how to putt. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you can. We can plug in with a five star, like I said with Dylan Moses on a previous podcast. We we probably got as athletic as as we were with him, but we lost three years of of being in the program. You know, yep. And and that's what they had when Venables, when the coach's kid went in, it was over. Um, but you know, it, I, if Skalski does not get tossed, LSU still wins. Maybe it's a little bit closer. But if you remember when he got tossed, they were uh, they were inside the red zone, and if I'm not mistaken, inside the ten. So they probably get a touchdown there, and I, I, they were not going to do enough to beat. It was just LSU's not. Uh, LSU's won four national titles. All four national titles have been in New Orleans. Three of them in the Superdome, and one in Tulane Stadium before the Superdome was built. So that's. Next time the game's in New Orleans, put a put a nice little wager on a futures with a LSU to win the national title. I bet they were plus. Oh, I bet they were plus two thousand or more to start the year. Probably, probably so. But I digress. Uh, what does next year hold for each team? So when I was putting this together with LSU, you know, I'd put Brady. I mean, I put Burrow over like he's gone, and then I looked. I think Jefferson is a he's a draft eligible junior, so he's gone. And I was like, dang, they got a lot coming back. Well, then, lo and behold, this was Monday. Lo and behold, yesterday, Joe Brady is – Schefter reported it. I highly doubt Schefter would be reporting this. He's a very respected NFL guy if it wasn't going to come true. But, you know, Joe Brady looks to be headed to Carolina Panthers. So, now it doesn't matter who they – it doesn't matter who comes back. Burrow gone, Brady gone – and I'm watching ESPN right now. There's just a plethora of kids. Uh, uh, the queen, oh, oh, oh. the Did queen you say linebacker. Plethora? Did you plethora. say plethora? Do you know? That's a do lot. you know what a plethora is? I think I'm using it correctly. I think it's a lot, numerous, many. Okay, we have a plethora LFA. of LSU players going pro. The center's going pro. Queen, the linebacker's going pro. Jefferson's going pro. And who knows how many people is going to be ineligible due to OBJ handing out hundies <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> so, um, LSU's going to be good, but they are not going to be – I'd be shocked if they uh, if they repeated. They're not They're not even – I think Bama is has a better chance in Vegas to win the title. I think we're 6-1. to one. I think LSU's 8-1. to one. But uh, that the bet <clears throat> I'm gonna put in definitely one bet on the future next year. I have a feeling LSU will be plus my or over under ten and a half wins. And if that number comes out ten and a half, I am hammering the under. They of course they host Bama, but that's never been a problem for us. They go to Florida, they go to Auburn, and they host Texas. I, they're gonna lose two of those two of those four, and and then who who knows what other hiccups? Because you know they're not used to playing with the 
with the uh, the bulls on their back, and they're about to find out that sometimes it's not at all what it's cracked up to be. Uh, Clemson next year in the playoffs again, mostly because they play in a terrible conference. Uh, playing Notre Dame probably gives them a mulligan as long as they win the ACC, which they no doubt should. So, I mean, they could even drop the game, which is very disconcerting because they can drop the game at Notre Dame and still not be dinged for it at all. And, I mean, it is what it is. You know, till Notre Dame – and we need, we need them to beat Notre Dame because until Notre Dame gets in a conference, they're the team that's going to keep the second team from a conference out. Yep. You know, um, <clears throat> Clint, did, did, are you still there? I'm here, bro. Oh, okay, okay. I thought I lost you. Sorry. Uh, yeah, agreed. LSU's not going to be on the radar of, uh, of the title. They, it, it was a great dynasty they had. One year, hit and run. Um, I mean, they got a lot of talent over there. They're still going to be good, but they're they're not going to be Joe Burrow good. They're not going to be go Joe Brady good. Uh, the average Joes, that's what they are. That's what they reminded me of just then, the average Joes. <laughs> if you can dodge a ranch, you can dodge a ball. Um, you know what I, I was thinking about a while ago, though? Vegas has released the odds uh, of – next year's title favorites and Clemson's leading that okay which they should uh because of exactly what you said they have a cupcake walk to get to the playoffs I mean getting to the playoffs actually making the playoffs is 75 percent of this battle I mean if you get there you've got a 25 percent chance of winning the thing regardless so you can almost just pencil them in so I got to thinking about it. How impressive was it that Alabama was the favorite last year? Because Clemson had the same week ACC schedule. Everybody lauded it last year. We did. Mm -hmm. Everybody did. Everybody knew that Clemson's schedule was absolutely horse piss. And they were there. They were easy, clear favorite. Yet, we were favored to come out of the SEC and win the national championship over it, and that was mainly because of two. If he doesn't get hurt, there's you know, there's mm. the sky's the limit. But that that was pretty impressive. But but yeah, I, I'm with you, uh, Clemson. They'll be back. LSU. The, I, LSU will be a top ten to fifteen team for sure. They're not make the playoffs next year. All right, that wraps up the national title game. Congratulations to LSU. Uh, just remember, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Uh, we're going to move on to a couple of more topics. Final rankings thoughts. Um, I'm going to go through just the top eight because that's where Bama lands at eight. And uh, we have LSU, Clemson at two, Ohio State at three, Georgia at four, Oregon at five, Oklahoma six, Florida seven, and Bama eight. And to me, in a word, it's, it's just gutless that uh, after the bowl season, after what we did with a backup quarterback, how could you not move us up to at least five? I mean, we, we lost to LSU by a much closer margin than, uh, than did Georgia. And, uh, I mean, I think with Mac, Mac was on against ranked teams, which we played two of them. He was 42 of 64 with seven touchdowns. Granted, he had two picks against Auburn, two costly picks against Auburn. 
but that is a 65% completion percentage, which, you know, now that we've seen Joe Burrow, 65, you're like, well, is that good? I mean, because Burrow clipped around <laughs> mid to high 70s, maybe even 80. And, but, yeah, 65% is awesome. And, um, I, I mean, I think with, with Florida, Oklahoma, Oregon, Georgia, we're favored over all four of those teams, uh, you know, for sure. So I, I don't know why you don't put us up to uh, – actually, Georgia came in at fourth. You know, I don't know why you don't put us up to fourth. Yeah, I think that's just lazy – voting at the end doesn't mean much to them hey it's easy lsu wins clemson made the title game they get to ohio state georgia and then from there on out we'll take the rankings we had before and drop you if you lost your bowl game or move you up if you want it you know if there's a spot available there was no thought put into Mm. that i couldn't agree with you more there's bama's favored over at an absolute minimum four teams ahead of them i'm not sure they wouldn't be favored over clemson after seeing what lsu did to them uh and and, i mean after what lsu did to clemson and clemson beat ohio state you may find there's a lot of vegas money there that has bama favored over everybody but lsu there uh so you Mm -hmm. know i don't i don't put much stock in it it kind of sucks for the just the history of alabama because alabama's run people wanted to be over obviously but uh they're a better team than eighth and they just got jobbed in the rankings so history won't show them as a better team of the eighth because in 10 years you'll look back and go oh they only finished number eight they are significantly better than number eight and i think i think any reasonable person that that would put uh stock on who would win head-to-head would 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 know that as well yeah i agree all right last topic before we close out is uh what what teams will make the cfp next year uh i have uh i'm kind of cheating on number four but number one i have clemson as we said they just play in a crap conference playing notre dame they probably get a mulligan even if they drop that one or drop a game if they beat notre dame they're going to get that feather in their cap uh, Ohio State, I've got them at two. They just return too much. Yeah, they lose the uh, the defensive end that was so good. But, uh, you know, they got a quarterback coming back for the second year. Uh, should be – I mean, he threw for 40 touchdowns, one interception, or some stupid number. I mean, any other year he wins it, but Burrow just went crazy. Uh, so, I have them at two. I've got Bama at three. I really feel like we bounce back. I think when Najee coming back, we're going to be tough to handle. Mac looks very good. And who's to say, you know, I do think Saban has learned his lesson on you got to play the best player. And if Bryce Young comes in and grasps the, grasps the offense, uh, yeah, I think he would pull the trigger where he, he didn't do it against Jalen in 20, uh, 2017. I think he might reconsider that after what he's seen, you know, happen with at Bama, what he saw happen at Clemson with, uh, with Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence. And the fourth spot, I have the SEC East winner. Now, I know that's kind of cheating. I'm not I, – I should – I should take a stand here, but uh, I think the winner is going to be either Florida or Georgia. And if they only have, if, if they can get to the title game undefeated and we beat them, I, I really think that they'll they'll put them in. Especially after what happened with Oklahoma this year, with what happened with Utah in their bowl game. You know, they were they were rumored to be making the playoff if they to beat Oregon. And uh, I just I think that they're going to see. I mean, the SEC went eight and two in bowls this year with a national championship. That ought to mean something. 
So there's my top four. Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, and the ACC East winner. Uh, we are very, 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 very similar in this. Uh, I think Ohio State gets there easily. Clemson gets there easily. I do not have them in that order because of uh, Clemson's showing in this past championship game, coupled with a schedule that's going to do them no favors once again. Uh, they could get their, you know, 12 12 and 0, 13 and 0 and still be the 3 seed. So that's where I got them again. Okay. I struggle with Ohio State and Bama being 1 2 2 1, however you want to say that there, but uh I did give Bama the nod for the number 1 overall seed. They they have a lot coming. And like you said, it if uh, if Mac wins the job and plays like he did as a starter, hey, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, minus two bad uh, interceptions in the Auburn game, he really dominated the defenses that he played against, and he's having he's getting one half of that receiving core back that was uh, noted as the best receiving core possibly in the history of college football, and he gets half of them back. I mean, that's that's. I, I mean, if you, how many how many teams out there do we look at? They have one or possibly two receivers, and like, man, that receiving core is awesome. They've got this guy and this guy, and you just don't know where it's. <laughs> we're gonna have two of those guys next year, so. Uh, I struggle with that. Ohio State, like I said, they're getting, or like you said, they're having the quarterback, and 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 Ryan Day's proven to be a good, good coach. So, um, yeah, I struggle with four spot. That's that's where it gets tricky. I'm gonna go ahead and go on record, very similar to you, and not specifically name a team, but I'm gonna say the fourth team is another newcomer to the playoff. LSU was a newcomer this year. Uh, I think we will have a brand new team that hasn't been there before in that four spot. It may be Utah. It could be a Florida. Uh, there, I, I, there's going to be a surprise team out there. It's going to be a surprise team. I'm not sure where it's coming from. Uh, it could be a Oklahoma State. You know, they Chubba Hubbard, Chubba. <laughs> he he can make some noise out there. He's a he's a good candidate for Heisman Trophy, by the way. Oh, did you notice the Heisman Trophy odds that uh Mac Jones checked in at like ten to one? Oh yeah, yeah. He was like top ten Heisman Trophy candidate. Unbelievable. So uh yeah. Newbie in spot four, but I like Bama's position next year. I I I like Bama, Ohio State there for sure. All right. So, uh, recapping that, uh, I've got Clemson 1, Ohio State 2, Bama 3, and then somewhat non-committal on my fourth pick with the ACC East winner. Tom has Bama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, and absolutely non-committal with his fourth pick, saying it's going to be a newcomer. So, that wraps us up for uh, – for the end of, end of this college football season, 2019, I think we're going to do some podcasts, maybe some college stories and some post-college stories that we've we've had. I think we got some good ones to tell. 
But uh, to close, if you're traveling from Auburn to Tuscaloosa tonight because we do play them in basketball, please remember to knock the cow shit off your shoes before you enter Coleman Coliseum. <laughs> Take it easy, guys.